Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. How are you today? I'm awake. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> and that's always a good thing. Always a good thing. Well, especially compared to the alternative. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> you know? You'd be like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, if I have to choose, I'll, I'll take being awake. <laughs> I thought about what Sam said. You know, you look at the sun like, all right, Lord, it's me and you today. Let's, let's get this party started. Okay. <laughs> you know, have you had, you've never had one of those nights where it just seemed like it just goes on forever. And you keep waking up, and it's only been like an hour. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's how it was for me last night. So I'm just like, okay. <laughs> Every time I open my eyes, I'm like, really? Serious? I know, because sometimes you can wake up and you'd be like so drained just from, you know, all that. It's like stop and go. Mm-hmm. But... All I need to do is I got some caffeine and a biscuit. I'll be all right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. How was your weekend? It was um, okay. We went and got um, the material for Morgan's prom dress. So, um. And we get we got that out the way. So it should it should turn out uh, pretty. She got a she got a nice color. Oh. So what color did she choose? Huh? What color did she choose? Uh, turquoise. Oh, pretty. Mhm. And so. So yeah. So. Man, these kids are going up so fast. And this is very true. Very, very true. I'm looking at my, I'm like, like looking at them like, oh, my God, I remember when. <laughs> How old I are kept, yours? Um, I have a nine-year-old, but I'm not, my daughter was going to be 21. Okay. I have a niece that. Uh, already 21, and I have another niece that's 22. Okay. And I, I, you know how they have, uh, you know, in the movies where they flash the old pictures and the new pictures, and it's like, oh, look at them growing up. I did that mm-hmm. the other day, and I told my daughter, and she was like, Mommy, you're doing too much. I'm like, what y'all growing up so fast? <laughs> I remember when y'all had pigtails and 
you know, running around here all snagged tooth and, you know. <laughs> yeah, she wasn't trying to remember all that. No, not really. <laughs> I was like, look, it's my memory lane. It's not for you. <laughs> yeah. She won't appreciate that until she has her own children. Yeah. Then she get it. Yeah. She was like, okay, Ma, you're doing too much. I said, okay, I'm done. You know, but. Don't be showing people that. <laughs> no, nah, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. Because <laughs> I know there's some pictures of old pictures of me. I'm like, don't show that picture. Yeah, I could have swore I threw that thing in the garbage. <laughs> you probably did. Someone took it out. <laughs> you might. <laughs> if you really wanted to destroy it, you were supposed to tear it up. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> oh, well. Oh, well. When I find it again, I'm going to definitely tear it up. Definitely. <laughs> Uh, like, uh-uh. You know, you had those glasses that was bigger than your face and just, ugh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> those times that you want to forget. Like, I don't even want to, I don't want no record of it. No, no. record. <laughs> all right. Um, <clears throat> uh, I don't know who all is on the call, so um, why don't we open up? Would you pray us in, please, Miss Okay. Mm. Mm. Of all the praise and all the glory goes to you forever and ever. I thank you, Father, for this day and for allowing us to be able to enjoy it. Father, I thank you for waking us this morning so that we could get on this call. We thank you, Father, for this call, for the ability to share in your word, to learn of your word, and to have fellowship. We say a prayer for all the people that that call in and for all those that that want to call in but might not be able to this morning. We pray that they have a blessed day and that they keep your word in their heart and help them to go through and make it through their day. Father, we pray that there's something on this line that that we will learn, that will um, maybe answer a question maybe help us out in our our daily life. And we pray, Father, that we continue as best we can to walk the way that you want us to walk, to do, and to be the way that you want us to be, and that by our walk, we're able to touch someone else, to help someone else, whether we realize it or not. Father, we just thank you for your love, for your mercy, and for your grace. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Okay. Oh, so when we left off last week, we were um off with uh the destruction of um Sodom and Gomorrah and how um God was merciful and he uh he took Lot and his family out of harm's way. And um, so that was uh, chapter 19. And so we're going we're gonna to continue um, um, 
you know, in, in Chapter 19. Uh, one of the things that I thought was really interesting was how God is, you know, he's willing to meet you at your face, you know. He's willing to meet you at your face because when we were reading in Chapter, when we were reading about, um, when we were reading about Lot running from, you know, he was instructing Lot to to run from Sodom and Gomorrah, and he told him to run to the mountains, which was the high place. And Lot said, I don't think I can go there, but I can go to Zoar. And how God was just like, okay, then I'll destroy everything up to Zoar. So that means that, you know, so God was willing to meet Lot exactly where he he said he can go as far as he could go, which was Zoar. And I thought that was pretty interesting. That just shows that, you know, that, that God understands your weakness and your strength and, and your faith, and he's, you know, he won't push you past your limit, you know, if he knows that that is your limit and you're being honest about it. You know, he, he will meet you there. So I thought that was interesting. Um uh, and so we're going to start at uh, verse 30. Um, now, the, the, the name of the city is called Zoar. And um, the name Zoar means insignificant. So that's, that's a key for the rest of this, um, for the rest of chapter 19. And so... Um, and, and it says in verse 30, and Lot went up out of Zoar. So Lot went up out of insignificance. He went out of the land of, of insignificance, and he dwelt in the mountains. So even it, it was, so then you look at this, and I, look, I read this last night as I was preparing for this, and I'm like, well, why did he go on into the mountains if that was where he was going to go anyway? So it's like, okay, going back to what I said originally, okay, God will meet you at your faith, but he will also meet you if you're being stubborn because even Lot went on to the mountain that he was instructed to go to from the beginning. So it's like, okay, why couldn't he have just gone to the mountain as instructed the first time instead of stopping and insignificance? And so the spiritual nature of that is sometimes we do that. We will stop an insignificance either because that's where as far as our faith will take us or us being stubborn, and we will we will dwell in the land of insignificance before we go to on to the goal that God has put before us. And so we don't know exactly how long he dwelled in insignificance. We don't know how long he stayed in insignificance and, and that's just how we are. How long do we how long do we let ourselves stay in insignificance? before we go on to what God wants us to do. And so, you know, but the thing is when we do that, when we when we um dwell in insignificance, other things are created. Other other avenues and other roads or paths are are now established because of that. Other people that people and actions as we're gonna read, um begin to, to 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 start doing things that should maybe would not have happened if we were 
on the road to where we're supposed to be instead of just dwelling in insignificance. And so um, it says, And Lot went up out of Zoar and dwelt in the mountain, and his two daughters with him. So at this point, it's just him and his daughters because, um, you know, his wife went with him, but she looked back. After they were instructed not to look back, she looked back, and she was consumed in the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. And um, and so the firstborn said unto the younger, Our father is old, and there is not a man in the earth to come in unto us after the manner of all the earth. Come, let us make our father drink wine, and we will lie with him that we may preserve seed of our father. So now we have a um, we have incest, this daughter with the father. And they made their father drink wine that night. And the firstborn went in and lay with her father. And he perceived not when she lay down, nor when she arose. And it came to pass on the morrow that the the firstborn said unto the younger, Behold, I lay yesternight with my father. Let Let us make him drink wine this night also, and go thou in and lie with him, that we may preserve the seed of our father. And they made their father drink wine that night also. And the younger rose and lay with him. And he perceived not when she lay down, nor when she arose. Thus were both the daughters of Lot with child by their father. And the firstborn bare a son and called his name Moab. The same as the father of the Moabites until this day. And the younger, she also bare a son and called his name Ben-Ami. The same is the father of the children of Ammon until this day. And so I was like, I said, okay. And I've been really dealing with, and, and I've been really like asking questions of the Lord, like, okay, Lord, you know, there's, there's a big thing in the church now about, you know, we're no longer under the law. We're no longer under the law. We're no longer under the law. And, I, and I was, I've been praying. I'm like, okay, Lord, what is, you know, there, there's something about the law that people don't want to have anything to do with. I said, what is it? Why is the enemy so against the law? And so I, as, as I'm looking at, looking at what Lot's daughters did and some of the other things as far as, like, you know, with Abraham and with um, Cain and Abel and, and things like that, and how they had to see, I already knew the sacrifices and things. It was it was revealed to me like the law is not really the law. The law is just to remind us of all the things that God does not like that has happened previously. As you can see, like there's a there's a quote unquote law about man should not lie down with his daughter. Here's and here's you know where that rule comes in. They lied down with their daughter. It was was it was it from the beginning? We don't know, but based on the actions that took place from the at the beginning, the Lord says I don't like that. So I, that is not something that should be done. Where a man lies down with the daughter, or the son lies down with the mother, and that's what happened. I, there was another thing I wanted to go back to. Um, you know, when we were talking about when we dealt with Tam, and I was, and I, and I knew that there was something that I had read that said about the nakedness, 
you know, how he said Ham looked upon the nakedness of his mother. And I don't know if I if I brought it up before, but the nakedness of his mother the nakedness of his father is basically he slept with his mother. So Ham slept with his mother and his and you know, while no you know, while Noah was drunk. And now you have the same thing with Lot. He gets drunk and his daughters sleep with him. And so, you know, that brings us why there's there's, you know, the the um you know, even in the New Testament where it says a man should not drink to get drunk. These are things that, that happened from the beginning that God saw was 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 a detriment to man, was a detriment to, you know, his life and 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 him just living in, you know, and how his actions had consequences. So God was just like, I'm putting these rules in place for a reason because this is what I saw happening. This is what I see as a detriment. Just like any parent, I'm going to give you these rules so that because I know what the outcome is, you won't do it again, that you won't do it and have the same effect. Hmm? Can I interrupt you? You said that, that Ham slept with, with his with his mother. I thought he slept with his father. It was his father's nakedness he saw. And that and that was and that's what I thought too at first. But then when I I had and I found it the other the other day and I meant to bring it up. And it's in Leviticus. Um. So did he sleep with both of them? Because um, remember, his father woke up and he said he knew what his son had done to him. Ooh, that's a good question. Cause see, here, okay, so and this is why I'm not for sure if it, if he slept with his father or if he slept with his mother. Either way, because in 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 when you read it in Leviticus, it mm-hmm. says, um, and when you read it in Leviticus 18, starting at verse 6, and it says, none of you shall approach to any that is near akin to him to uncover their nakedness. I am the Lord. The nakedness of thy father or the nakedness of thy mother Shalt thou not uncover? She is thy mother, and thou shalt not uncover her nakedness. And it says, The nakedness of thy father's wife shalt thou not uncover. It is thy father's nakedness. So I don't know if he uncovered his father, you know, with saying he uncovered his father's nakedness, if it was his mother or his father. But either way, it was not to be, it was something that should not have been done because, you know, that's not to be done because that's what God says. Like, that's, you know, don't do that. You know, and he established that as one of the rules. Like, you're not supposed to do that. That's, that's your near kin. That is somebody that's, that's really close to you. You shouldn't do that. And so they, and so they did it. They did it here. They did it with Ham, and now they're doing it here with Lot. And it's just like, if you as you can see, it's like something that that just kind of because there was no law, like God has said, He's like because there was no law, 
people were, you know, he didn't put the rules out there. People were doing things that he didn't, he didn't like. So when it came around for, you know, us to, to, you know, come out of Egypt and all that other stuff, to come out and go back to him, he's like, you know what, I need to set the rules. I need to let you know what I like and what I don't like. Just like with any relationship, mother, father, wife, or husband, it's just like I need to let you know what I what what I appreciate and what I don't appreciate. And if you respect me, you will, you know, you will line up, you know, you, you'll actually honor what I'm saying, you know. I find it interesting, though, that it was the children who abused the parents and not vice versa. Um, and yeah. that they knew, you know, law or not, they knew that it was wrong because they got their parents drunk first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that must that must have been some 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 hella wine. Um, <laughs> parents didn't know what was being done to them, you know. Um, not know that that his daughters lay with him. Wow, really, dude? Mm-hmm. You know, you you were out like that, you know. And in the same thing, you know, like like with him and 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 his father, it's like especially he laying with his father. It's like you didn't know that. <laughs> No, that's some woo. That's some wine. We don't even need that on the market nowadays. Like, good grief. I mean, but to think about it, we they do have it. The Ritalol, the rape drug, it's the same thing. You know, they're drinking, they put it in their drink, and you sit up there and you don't even know that anything's happening to you until the next day. So, oh, wow. Well, this now goes all the way back to the Bible. Now, that's deep. Okay. <laughs> that's <laughs> But it's kind of creepy that it's the that it's the the children that are doing this to their parents, you know, because we think like nowadays it's you know it's the parents that assault the children, mm-hmm. but you know back then it was the 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 children that were assaulting the parents, you know, um, and. And, and, you know, it's kind of hard to wrap your head. And, you know, I, mean, I guess you have to be back in those times to fully get it. But, you know, to look at your father and be like, okay, he's old. There's no men around to carry on this bloodline. Okay, we'll do it through him. And then, you know, you got him drunk, but I'm thinking, don't you have to be drunk too? You're about to sleep with your dad. That's a good question. That's a good question. Because, I mean, I just like, um, hmm. and that's, that's deception, too, because it's just like you purposely went in, not once, but twice. And it's just like you, you didn't, and there's no remorse. So that's, that's why I didn't know you got the biggest, one of the biggest commands, the Ten Commandments is honor your mother and your father. There was no honor among you know, what they were doing. They were just like, this is all about me. Even though they were they were supposedly doing it for the right reason, it was still about how they felt and not how he felt. Because there's, not, there's nowhere in here where it says that he was even considering anything like that. So. And that the other sister agreed. I mean, okay, I can get one nut in the family, but... <laughs> The other one agreed because I can't imagine, you know, saying it to my sister, okay, this this is what we're going to do. 
and that's the plan. And my sister like, okay, that that that, that makes a lot of sense. You know, somebody got to have some common sense. He's like, what? <laughs> like, you know, like, have you already been drinking? Do you hear what you're saying? Right. But you know what? But the thing is, 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 and it goes back to, and that's why he says, train a child in the way they should go. It's like, you know, Lot was doing a lot of compromising. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it's just like, you know, you go and you go and you sat at the gate of, you know, you you made your house right outside of sin. You knowing knowing that that's gonna bother you. It should it should bother you on some level, but you you decided to dwell there. Then you went into the land of insignificance and you dwelt there. And so it's just like what you're teaching them is, you know, what you teach your child is what they are seeing. It's not so much as what you're saying, but what they're seeing. And so he's he's made all these compromises. And I guess, you know, that being learned, like you have to do what you have to do to get what you want to get, they don't see anything wrong with it. Because, I mean, look at his, his example says that's what you should do. And then if you think about it, they weren't married, so you know, the assumption would be that they were virgins. Well no, they were married. They were married but the but the but the husbands decided not to take heed of the warning. Because when the oh. um, the two came and he went to the husbands as well as the daughters. The daughters fled, but the son stayed. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I was about to say they awfully knowledgeable. <laughs> Doing way too much. <laughs> okay, you know, um, you know. Okay, so that explains that part. But still, you know, the, the laying with your dad part is like, you know, it's still hard to wrap your hand, your head around that one. Mm. It is. It is because it's just like, yeah, it's like that ill factor. Like that's my yeah, dad. Who looks at, at their dad like that? Right. You know. I mean, yeah. you know. Sometimes you can be objective and be like, okay, I see why women find him attractive or, you know, or whatever, but you don't look at him like that. Yeah. You, know, you look at your dad like, oh, I sure would like to get some of that. Like, not with dad. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. So that's why I said they, they had to have drank some wine, too. Maybe not as much as they gave their father, but... They had to have drank some wine too, because you know. Mm. There ain't no wine. Uh uh. Mm. Okay, I think. Oh gosh, what you doing? Top is funny. Because that that's a whole that's a whole. You know what? Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna. Uh, and and that. The mentality that's going on now, like it has flipped. Like now, it's the it's the um, it's the parent that's doing it, and and I just have to give this. I have to give this uh, information because I just thought it was it was like in reading this, it's just like wow, we are so far. You know, the society is so far off because now they're like. The experts are saying, and I and I and I use that word loosely. The experts are saying that you know um, 
it's time to get the children, even starting at infant age, um, it's time to get the children used to sexuality and, and their body and all this other stuff. And so they're talking about, oh, you know, it's, it's, it's good to start massaging the children mm. at some age, you know. And, and I'm just like, are you serious right now? Mm. Serious. And so now that's perpetrating getting us back to this, where now they're going to be used to, you know, their mother or their father touching on them and not seeing anything wrong with it, you know. And I right. thought I was disturbing. And then the resistance is just like, okay, so basically you're trying to, you know, the enemy is trying to take us back to where, you know, back to where all the things that God has said, this does not work. This goes against, you know, you know what I know works. And, and it just is going to cause a whole bunch of stuff that doesn't need to be caused. And he's not the author of confusion, so there's all this confusion like, I'm having these feelings, and I don't. I, why should I have these feelings? And I shouldn't have these feelings. And just wrong, you know. Even though you can, just like they justified it. Oh, there's nobody else for us to have babies by, but that's that's justifying it. You're making excuses for something that you know in your heart is wrong. Mm-hmm. You know. So yeah, that yeah that that that's real creepy. Yeah. And but the sadder thing is that there will be parents that will be on board with that. Yes. Because the expert said so. Mhm. Yeah. All you gotta do is put a PhD behind your name and something that says that you have a lot of, you know, documented, you know, research papers that's been published and that's that's all you need. And that's it. That's it, that's all. Mm-hmm. But you can sprinkle rose petals on a pile of excrement, and guess what? It's still <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's what and it's, your, it's all about perception. They see the roses, you see the excrement. It's just like you don't see that, no? Okay, yeah. exactly. <laughs> like dig deeper, people. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> That was fun. Um, uh, okay, going into chapter 20, and it says, And Abraham journeyed from thence toward the south country and dwelt between Kadesh and Shur and soldiers in Gerar. And Abraham said of, his, of, his, of Sarah, his wife, She is my sister. And Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent and took Sarah. Now, Abraham knew that this didn't work the first time he did it. I don't understand why he did it the second time, to call his wife his sister again. But he did it again. So the, the king took Sarah. But, chapter uh, verse 3, but God came to Abimelech in a dream by night, and said to him, Behold, thou art but a dead man, wow, for the woman which thou hast taken, for she is a man's wife. But Abimelech had not come near her, and he said, Lord, wilt thou slay also a righteous nation? 
said he not unto me, she is my sister. And she even said, and, and she, even she herself said, he is my brother. In the integrity of my heart and in honesty of my hands have I done this. And God said unto him in a dream, yea, I know that thou didst this in the integrity of thy heart. For I also withheld thee from sinning against me. Therefore suffer I thee not to touch her. So this is how awesome God is. God saw that Abraham still lied again. But I found out it's not a lie, but that's, that's, we're going to get to that. But um, he deceived. It was a deception. And God saw that the deception was was received and that ambivalent actions were done in innocence. And so God was like, okay, that's why I made sure that you couldn't do anything with her. And so that's where it says God will give you a way out of temptation. So he, he made sure that Abimelech, even if he tried to do anything with Sarah, that he made sure that Abimelech was not able to do anything with her. And he said in, in verse 7, Now therefore restore the, man, restore the man his wife, for he is a prophet, and he shall pray for thee, and thou shalt live. And if thou restore her not, know thou that thou shalt surely die thou and all that are thine. And so now God is saying that now that you know that you've done wrong, now that even though you were innocent at the beginning, you know, you had no knowledge of it, even though if you don't, now that you know and you don't correct it, you'll still die. It's as simple as that. And so he, uh, he gives a choice. You know, there's, there's, there, you can sin in ignorance. I was reading about that in Leviticus as well. And they're saying, if you you could sin in ignorance, but once you find out that you you've done that sin, now it's time for you to correct it and ask for forgiveness from the person that you sinned against, as well as with God. Excuse me. And so you know, and that's where you know I, to pause right there. That's the part I don't understand. Like when you come into you know in the, even in the New Testament, it says that. You know, when your your sin finds you out, you know you're you're supposed to repent of it. And a lot of people, even in the church now, you tell them what they're doing is wrong, they try to justify it instead of repenting of it. So basically, mm-hmm. you're just saying you want to do what you want to do, you know. And God gives us a choice, and He's saying, no. Now that you know that you've done wrong, you know, now you need to correct it. And even when Christ came, He said the same thing. Whenever, you know, just like the woman with the, um, you know, that was caught in the act of adultery, now that you've been caught and you know what you've done is wrong, go and do it no more. You're forgiven for what you've done, but don't do it anymore. And now she has the choice between not doing it anymore or going back to the same old thing, which at that point, just like God says, now know thou that thou shalt surely die. So that's still, you know, the choice between life and death. And so it says um, in verse number 8, it says, Therefore, Abimelech rose up early in the morning. He got up early. He was like, uh-uh, I'm going to get this done now. He said, he rose up early in the morning and called all his servants and told all these things in their ears. And the men were sore afraid. Then Abimelech called Abraham and said unto him, 
What have you done unto us? And what have I and what have I offended you that thou hast brought on me and on my kingdom a great sin? Thou hast done deeds unto me that ought not to be done. And so he's like, Your deception is putting it all you your deception is about to kill me and my you know, me and my people and I haven't done anything to you. What have I done for you to, to treat me the way you do, the way you did, you know? I mean, and you look at it like even now in, in the present, it's like why is it, you know, with politicians, you have, you, you're, why are you deceiving me? What have we done? We, we elected to put you in office, but now you're doing all this stuff against us. What, do you, what have we done to offend you to make you turn against us the way you have? You know, or what's up with you pimping your wife? Huh? I said, and what's up with you pimping your wife? Oh, that we're coming to that. That part was tripped out. <laughs> and it's not being afraid. You know, why are you living in fear? You know what I mean? It's like you cannot be afraid of, of you're walking with God the way you're supposed to walk with God, the way you know you're walking with God. You can't be afraid where you're willing to compromise and be deceptive. Everything that we have, everything that we do in our walk with God has to be transparent and honest on every level. I mean, even down to the details. And this is the tripped out part. We're about to, this part tripped me out. Um, and so, okay. Here we go. So verse 10, And Abimelech said unto Abraham, What sawest thou that thou hast done this thing? And Abraham said, Because I thought surely the fear of God is not in this place. So he assumed, judging a book by its cover, that they didn't believe in God. And so therefore I'm going to, I, I decided to deceive you. And, and you know, and, and that's how the ministers are. I don't see God here, so I can just, you know, and I'm scared that that's not going to, you know, that's not going to, you know, I'm not going to be received the way I should be. So I'm just going to, you know, 501c3, we're just going to tell it, be a little deceptive. Not really lying, but just not telling you the whole truth. And here it goes. And he said, because I thought surely the fear of God is not in this place, and they will slay me for my wife's sake. And yet, indeed, this is verse 12, she is my sister. So he wasn't really lying. He just wasn't telling the whole truth. She is the daughter of my father, but not the daughter of my mother, and she became my wife. So he married his half-sister. Creepy. <laughs> when I read that, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> but he, he buried his half-sister, and I was just like, but wait. But it was his father's daughter, not his mother's daughter. So... The seed is the seed remained pure in the family line, but it was just like so. He wasn't really lying. She is his sister, but he she's also his wife. So without giving full disclosure, he was basically still telling a lie because you know it's one. It's, she's not just one thing; she's two. But and, yeah. she, and he was still pimping her regardless of what she was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and then not to mention, okay, you're saying that you don't believe, you don't, you know, think that they believe in God. And so, you know, you feared, you know, for your life. But then that's also, that's also, you know, questioning your faith in God. 
that you didn't believe that he would protect you. Exactly. You know, because that's that's not how that thing goes. It's not, you know, well, I can believe in God, but if if, if you don't believe in God, then you can attack me. Um, yeah, you can attack me, but it doesn't mean that you'll win if I truly believe in God and, and his promises. Right. Exactly. And that's so, but, you know, and it, and it just shows you that he, even though, even though he kept making the, the same mistake, God still was just like the promises in you. So that that shows that God, well, once God has put something, he there's something there was something in Abraham to make him stay with Abraham, like not not like not say, you know what, you you're doing too much, you're doing too much. I'm gonna go and find somebody else. Mm-hmm. You know, God was like, there's something in you that that I'm gonna stick with you in spite of all of this foolishness and drama that you keep creating because of your fear of that. And you know what? And that, thank you, Lord. And that goes back to, you know, what he says in the New Testament, like you have to believe him, you know, and not worry about what, what man will do with your flesh. Right. You know, that explains why that's there. Like no matter how, no matter what, you know, I'm going to take care of you. I think your soul is mine. Your spirit is mine. So man can harm the flesh. Don't worry about that, but still do obey me and do what I say to you know. But yeah, and it's okay. tough to be to be a woman because it's like she had no say in that whatsoever. No, not at all. Not at all. I mean, and I guess she did looking at it where you know she's just like he, you know, I I love him enough. You know, we always say, oh I love him. You know, that's why I had to, you know. That's why I had to do it that way, you know. It's just like no. <laughs> Even to this day, if we love, if we love the 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 guy that we're with, the man that we're with, be it a boyfriend or a husband, you know, if you love him enough and he tells you to do something, even though you know it's not right, you still be like, well, I love him, so therefore, I guess I'll, you know. But back then, it wasn't even always about you know about love. You had to, your husband told you to do it. You know, you had you had to do it. It's not like women had rights. You know what? Mm-hmm. Because I, I, further in, man took away a lot of stuff. Man took away a lot of stuff because I had. Um, I I can't remember if it's in Genesis or Exodus that God said if there is no man, you know, if there's no if there's no one, you know, other, you know, no other man in or around, the woman should be able to have land, you know, and so the women can have land and the woman could do whatever. And it's just like, what happened? You know, where where in the whole gist of everything did it change? But we're, we're going to get to that. Cause it's just like a lot of things, again, a lot of things were like man-ordained and not God-ordained. And so mm-hmm. we're, we're going to, you know, we have to be able to divide that. Like, you know, people are always saying about how, the Bible is is the white man's book, and you know, you know, African Americans should be Christians. They should be this and and all this other stuff. And it's just like, 
No, it comes down to if you're willing to study to show yourself approved and really read the book for yourself, all of the, you know, a lot of what they're reading is perceived in, in justifying their 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 belief, not the belief in God, but their belief in what they wanted to say to justify their actions. And so now you have to go through and look at it and be like, okay, no, that's not what that meant. You know, no slaves were not meant to be this way or that way. Slaves were meant for one purpose and one purpose alone, and there should have been no division outside of dividing those who believe from those who don't believe. That's all. You know, there's, there's, there's things that we need to, you know, to find out and study for ourselves so we could be more like what God wants us to be like. So, um, yeah, I got off the track. Sorry. Verse 13. <laughs> Because so I was, it, man, since I've been, I'm serious, since I started going back to Genesis, it's just like so much that we have taken out of context, you know, and so much that we have taken and just, you know, like threw out, like, okay, that's no longer, you know, an issue, but it is, you know. So I don't know. And verse 13, and it came to pass, when God called me to wander from my father's house, that I said unto her, This is thy kindness which thou shalt show unto me. At every place whither we shall come, say of me, he is my brother. And so that was the thing that they started even when they first left. You know, when God told him to leave home, he told you that was the instruction he told Sarah. What, you know, say that I'm your brother and not your your husband. In verse 14, and Abimelech took sheep, oxen, and men servants, and women servants, and gave them unto Abraham and restored him Sarah his wife. And Abimelech said, Behold, my land is before thee. Dwell where it pleases thee. And unto Sarah he said, Behold, I have given thy brother a thousand pieces of silver, Behold, he is to thee a covering of the eyes unto all that are with thee and with all others. Thus she was reproved. So Abraham prayed unto God, and God healed Abimelech and his wife. And he had a wife, and his maidservant, and they bear children. So not only did God make it so that... um, he couldn't lay down with Sarah. He also made it so that he couldn't, you know, he couldn't lay down with his wife or anything. And so, again, we don't have a time frame on how long um, from the time Abraham got there and, and presented Sarah as his sister to the time God came to him in a dream um, before before, you know, God came to him in a dream and said, you're, you're, you're with Abraham's, you know, wife, not his sister. And verse 18, for the Lord had fast closed up the wounds of the house of Abimelech because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. So he closed up the wounds of the whole house so no one could do anything until everything was exactly as it should be. Sarah was Abraham and not with Abimelech. 
So it had to be a long time for nobody to be able to have any children. The birth of Isaac, and then Hagar and Ishmael are cast out. Um, verse tw- um, in chapter twenty-one, um, and then we're gonna—I think I'm gonna end with chapter twenty-one. Let's see what the Lord says on that one. Um, verse one of chapter twenty-one. And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age, at the set time of which God had spoken to him. And Abraham called the name of his son that was born unto him, whom Sarah bare to him, Isaac. And Abraham circumcised his son Isaac, being eight days old, as God had commanded. And Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born unto him. Man, uh, can you imagine being a hundred and having an infant at this age? Oh, my God. <laughs> 90-something and being pregnant. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, but it was God ordained, so I'm quite sure. You know, that they were all, you know, they were really spry and able to do it all. But it's just like, oh, my God. Thinking about it now, at the way, you know, you know, the, our, our bodies age because of the chemicals and stuff like that. It's just like even having a child at 30, just like, oh, my God. You know? <laughs> no, Patty? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I couldn't. Mm. So kudos, kudos to Sarah and Abraham. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, verse four, nope. verse six, and Sarah said, "God has made me to laugh, so that all that will hear will laugh with me." And she said, "Who would have said unto Abraham that Sarah should have given children sons?" For I have borne him a son in his old age. And she's had this child, and she's, she's even amazed. Like, really? I really had a son at this age. Wow. Who, who you, well, that only be part of what you'd be thinking if you were 90 and got pregnant. Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I would be like, saying, really, God? Really? Really? That's Okay, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, verse 8, uh-uh, okay. And the child grew and was weaned. So not only did she have this baby, she breastfed. <laughs> Good Lord, okay. <laughs> so, oh, okay. Yeah, that that's a picture in your head that you're like, get it out, get it out. <laughs> it is. It's just like, wow, no, no. About ninety year old boobs, like, uh, uh-uh, uh, get it out, get it out. <laughs> <laughs> Lord have mercy. Oh, okay. And, and a child grew was weaned, and Abraham made a great feast the same day that Isaac was weaned. And Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, which she had borne unto Abraham, mocking. So now 
I, and, and this is just me. I'm seeing this, like, now she's Hagar, who's had this son for, I think he's like 13 or 14 years old now. And she's looking at Sarah being old and has this has this baby. And now she's, you know, she has she's doing this snicker, like, smearing thing. And it's just like, okay, you know, yes, Ishmael is the firstborn, but this is the son of promise, and you're and you're still just a servant, and you're still acting. She already kicked you out once when you first had your son because you were acting crazy, and now you're going to do it again. It's just like we see how we don't we don't learn from the first time. We have to keep we keep making the same mistakes and stuff. And so verse 10, wherefore she said unto Abraham, cast out this bondwoman. And here she goes again and says, uh-uh, you're not about to live, you're not about to be in, in my presence and act like you don't have no respect for me. And she said, wherefore she said unto Abraham, cast out this bondwoman and her son, for the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, even with Isaac. And the thing was very grievous in Abraham's sight because of his son. And God said unto Abraham, Let it not be grievous in thy sight because of the lad, because of thy bondwoman, and all that Sarah hath said unto thee, hearken unto her voice, for in Isaac shall thy seed be called. And also the son of the bondwoman will I make a nation, because he is thy seed. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and took bread and a bottle of water and gave it unto Hagar, putting it on her shoulder, and the child, and sent her away. And she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. And the water was spent in the bottle, and she cast the child under one of the shrubs. And she went and sat down over against him a good way off, as it were a bow shot. But she said, Let me not see the death of my child. So now God said, okay, no, Sarah is right. You know, y'all need, they need to be separated. There should be, you know, there should be, there should be no, no, um, basically no dissension in the house. And I know Abraham wanted to keep his son because, of course, Ishmael is his, but because of the way the mother was, the way Hagar was, there, there could be no dwelling in the same house. And so because, you know, as eventually, of course, you know, the mother will sometimes poison the way the child is brought up. So he has, so God said, okay, I'm going to still bless, I'm going to still bless Ishmael, but Isaac is the one that I put the promise in. So now, you know, you have to let the bondwoman go and your son, you know, but the thing with the thing that I thought was kind of you know tripped out with Abraham, he only gave her one bottle of water and a piece of bread. Okay, okay. You, couldn't, you couldn't give her more than that. Like it, I don't hear, I don't see anywhere on here where it says to just throw her out. He says let her go, but you just gave her a bottle of water and a piece of bread and said for her oh, and the boy. Uh huh. For her and the boy, right? Like who does you know? Just, just wrong. <laughs> just wrong. And so, um, and in verse uh, sixteen, okay, seventeen. 
And God heard the voice of the Lord, and the angel of God called the Hagar out of heaven. And, and so this this still shows you God is still talking directly to his people. When they call on his name and actually, you know, you know, and their heart calling out to him for 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 answers and assistance, he was still speaking directly to to the to the people. And so um the angel of God called to Hagar out of heaven and said unto her, What else be Hagar, fear not. For God hath heard the voice of the lad where he is. Arise, lift up the lad, and hold him in thy hand, for I will make him a great nation. And God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water, and she went and filled the bottle with water and gave the lad drink. And God was with the lad, and he grew and dwelt in the wilderness and became an archer. And he dwelt in the wilderness of Paran. And his mother took him a wife out of the land of Egypt. And it came to pass at that time that Abimelech and, hmm, I'm going to say Phicol, he's just going to go with that, <laughs> the chief captain of his host spake unto Abraham, saying, God is with thee in all that thou do. Now, therefore, swear unto me, hereby God, that thou wilt not deal falsely with me, nor with my son, nor with my son's son, but according to the kindness that I have done unto thee, thou shalt do unto me, and to the land wherein thou hast sojourn. So now Abimelech is looking for assurance that as long as Abraham, you know, as long as, you know, his son is basically two generations, he didn't go any further than two generations, as you can see. He said, my son between me, my son, and my son's son, you know, and that is, you know, just right there, that is, that explains a lot when you say, when um, you go into other scriptures and it says, for four generations, God will say for four generations or for eight generations, he made sure to, you know, to give it a time period on how long something would be, you know, how long something would last. And so basically this is just saying between him and Abimelech, it's only this covenant will only stand for him, his son, and his son's son. It doesn't go any 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 more past that. So I guess, you know, I, I, um, I can just imagine, you know, um, what happens after, you know, those two sons are gone, you know, how – how wars and stuff came out came about, and we were fighting and and things like that. But um, verse twenty four, and Abraham said, "I will swear." And here's and here's the thing, though, Abraham didn't go back to to God first to see if that was something that he should do. Because if you look at it, God has promised that not only you. But your seed, all of your seed, all the nations that's coming through you and the people that are, are, are coming through you and your son, you know, is my promise. So Abraham just made a promise about how his, him and his people will act toward Abimelech and his people without talking to God about it first. Mm. I thought that was kind of interesting because God, if God makes us a promise, 
about anything, and someone comes in that kind of like piggybacks, it's basically like piggybacking on that kind of like, so you're saying that any people that belong to me, you know, no matter, you know, as you said, as your kindness is to me, we're supposed to be kind to you. But what if something changes in that time period? Am I still supposed to be kind to you? Am I still, I'm still bound by that, I'm, you know, I'm still bound by, you know, my promise that I can't do anything because I'm going by what your kindness is, not by their kindness or unkindness, but by your kindness, because that's by, that's what his word says. But according to the kindness that I have done unto thee, thou shalt do unto me and to the land we're in. So it's just like my kindness. So what about what if your son is mean? I have to, I have to treat him based on your kindness. It's just like the, there's those technicalities and and loopholes that, that you see even now, you know, with the laws that we have now, people are like, well, technically that's not what you said. You said based on this and not this. So you're wrong and I'm right. And so that's, that God, oh, God is awesome. Because mm. <laughs> <laughs> he says not to swear, you know, not to swear and, and make oaths. So it's just like this explains why. You know, you can't make oaths without acknowledging God first because God will let you know if that oath or, you know, is, is a detriment to you or not because your life is not your own. We're, you know, once we, once we profess Christ, our lives are not our own, so we can't just, you know, haphazardly be like, okay, I swear not to, you know, I swear my life to the country and I swear, you know, God, what do you want me to do? And he'll tell you your name. It's like it's like a marriage. Once you get married, you know, you can't just, well, you're not supposed to just go off making decisions all willy-nilly. You're supposed to consult with your partner. So when you give your, you know, your life to God, you're not supposed to be going off and making decisions all willy-nilly. You're supposed to, you know, consult with God. But how often do we do that? And then we mess up. <laughs> <laughs> but that that kind of touches on like what Sam says, you know, when you, you know, when you first become saved, you know, that's all well, fine and dandy. That's like the first step. But mm-hmm. it's not like, you know, like you become saved and then all of a sudden you're like all knowledgeable, all powerful, all, you know, what have you. You've just taken the first step and, you know, so now the work begins. Mm-hmm. But then it's like... But it goes, but then, too, the work begins, but if we don't ask questions. And that's one thing my daughter hates, and I'm trying to, you know, she hates, I'm, like, asking her all these questions, and I've been trying to tell her, I'm, like, in life, you, you know, in this life, we have to ask questions. You have mm-hmm. to have more than just the surface information because the, the trick is in the details. I mean, look at a contract. They put all these big words and paragraphs and everything in a contract, and you just read the headlines of each paragraph, and you don't read the whole thing, and you sign it because it looks good, and, you know, the devil is in the details. You know, it's in the fine print. And so you got to ask the same thing with relationships. You have to ask questions. And that's why God will, and it's like God will honor and answer any questions that we have if we ask them. 
you know, you can keep just saying, but why? But why? I mean, it might irritate him. I don't think God, I don't know if God gets irritated. Excuse me, but I'm quite sure he does. But if the With thing all is, of us? Yeah. <laughs> but if, you're, if, we are, if we are really honestly trying to get an understanding and not asking why or try to find a loophole to get out of being, you know, punished or whatever, but if we're asking, like, you know, in, in all honesty and in, in all, you know, wanting to get to know him. Like, why? If we keep asking him why, he's going like, to keep answering until we, we get the, you know, until we get the sufficient information that we need to accept his yes or no and understand it, you know, and him even more in, in regards to that situation, you know. So it's, 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 if we don't ask questions, he, I mean, hey, he was again. I my door. I said he was. He was looking at us like shaking his head, like, "There you go again. You didn't even ask me. I would have told you no, you know." And it's, it's just and just make make everything make everything so much worse. Make everything so much worse. Um, verse twenty five, and Abraham reproved Abimelech because of a well of water which Abimelech's servants had violently taken away. And Abimelech said, I want not who hath done this thing, neither didst thou tell me, neither yet heard I of it, but today. So Abimelech is just like, okay, Abraham was like, okay, that's cool. I, I, I swear that, you know, we're going to be good between me, your son, and your son's son. Me and my mind is, is good with you. But some of your people, one of your people, they, they snatched this wall of water from me the other day. And so Abimelech was like, I didn't know nothing about it. Not until you just told me today and, you know, he's not, there's no way for us to know how long ago it happened. But Abraham is, is bringing it up now because Abimelech is trying to, you know, is, is requesting for them to have a, a peace agreement. And so um Verse 27, and Abraham took sheep and oxen and gave them unto Abimelech, and both of them made a covenant. And Abraham set seven ewe lambs of the flock by themselves. And Abimelech said unto Abraham, what mean these seven ewe lambs which thou hast set by themselves? And he said, for these seven ewe lambs shalt thou take of my hand that they may that they may be a witness unto me that I have digged, digged, wow, digged this well. Wherefore he called that place Beersheba. So this is basically going back to because this is the same well that um, that um, that Hagar was able to use to get the water from. And they made a covenant in Beersheba. And then Abimelech rose up and Spyco, the chief captain of his host, and they returned unto the land of the Philistines. Now, the Philistines, see what we mean about, you know, how you, you have your covenants and stuff, who you deal with. Um, and Abraham planted a grove in Beersheba and called there on the name of the Lord, the everlasting God. And Abraham soldiers in the Philistines' land many days. So they were they were dwelling. Abraham 
and his people were dwelling in the land of the Philistines at first. <clears throat> and um, what time is it? Um, 8.35. 8.35. Are we able to go one more chapter? Uh, you, you have you any questions or comments? We have, you know, we've covered... <laughs> we have covered... <laughs> So we're going to end it right there. I just thought it was interesting that, you know, you know, the land of the Philistines is where the Abraham started, you know, after he soldiered out. He was in the land of the Philistines and how we had to fight the Philistines later on in life, you know, later on. And it's just like, you know, Again, if we would have, you know, if Abraham would have asked, you know, about what to do, like how how much stuff would we have a, how much stuff would have been avoided? How much stuff can we avoid if we ask God first? You know? Mm. Good point. Good point. Good morning. Good morning. Can I just make one statement right there? Oh, sure. And I think sometimes it goes a little deeper if we listen to what he tells us. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a big difference. You're right, because we can be hearers. Hear and not do it. And what does that do? And listen. Mm-hmm. 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 You just came in and threw a bottle and walked around. It ain't just wrong for that. Wrong. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I say so because I know that I'm guilty. And I'm like, well, Lord, if I had just listened, if I wasn't so hard-headed, if I had just listened to what you had said when I asked you that question. Or, well, that's or even waiting for you, know, you to answer. I don't know if God gets irritated. I'm like, with us? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he got to. <laughs> he got to. Wow. Or even if we wait to hear what he has to say when we ask the question. Yeah, and and, and that and that too. And that too. You know, sometimes we can ask. Right. Mm. We want to ask and then we want to think, you know, we think if he hadn't answered us by Tuesday at 5 o'clock p.m., then we need to help him out. And and that's some that's something you said that because I know I was talking to the youth at the church yesterday and and the topic got to smoking marijuana. Don't ask me how it got there. I said I was and I told him, I said, you know what? I said, I can't tell you yay or nay. I said, But what you do is you go and you ask that's between you and God. Go ask God and and see what he says about it. And then that's where I how long do I have to wait? Then you gotta wait till you yeah. You know, it's just like he might answer you right then and there. 
But you have to be willing to wait and listen to the answer. Well, when he come and sit right in the chair in front of me and talk to me or, or, or what? And I said, well, he is everybody different. So you have to be willing to wait and be patient, you know? Right. It makes me think about, like, when you were growing up and you'd ask, you know, you'd ask your mother for something and she'd say, you know, I'll see or maybe I'll let you know. And, and you you know, you're standing there like, okay, so is that a yes or a no? <laughs> right, right. You know, and she's like, you know, I'll see. You know, and so then you have to, to wait until she decides to tell you yes or no. Mm-hmm. And what happened when she don't answer us immediately? We get antsy. Yep. We get agitated. We get mad. And the yep. worst is we're going to do it anyway, and we'll say we're sorry later. <laughs> And to take it to another level, um, I used to go shopping sometimes with my grandmother when I was a little person. And, you know, her policy was you ask one time, you know, and usually it wasn't that she wouldn't do it. It's just that she had things she had to buy first. And so until she got all the things that she needed to get, she didn't know how much money she was going to have left over, okay? But now, if you kept asking, Grandma, can I? Grandma, can I? Can I, can I have this? Can I have this? Grandma, can I have this? You know, when she had already told you, I'll see. You know, one or two things were going to happen, neither of which you were going to like. Um, one, she was just going to say no because I told you to quit asking me, so no, you can't have it. Or two, you were going to get popped. (laughs) Or rather, you were going to get stunned uh, because grandma didn't play. Um, So you also learn that there's there's repercussions for, um, you know, you ask once, and then you have to wait on the answer. There's no need to, you know, to keep asking and to keep asking. Um, she's already acknowledged your question. You just have to wait on the answer. And I think we forget that when we ask a question of God, we've already asked the question, so now we just got to wait on the answer. Right. There's wait. And even sometimes with me, I know that I'm very, you know, well, I used to be now that, you know, they're older, but I used to be very quick, you know, um, not realizing it, but I used to be very quick to say no, Mm. you know, and I think a lot of that had to do with because that's how I felt, you know, um, it took place with me that they were just very quick to say no. And so I just needed, I you know, because I was quick to speak or respond, I needed to process for a minute. Mm-hmm. I just need to process and do a, another assessment, you know, that, well, 
she did do this as much as I don't think she, you know, I don't want her to. And then I had to figure out, if it, is it that I didn't want her to because I didn't, mm. you know, or, mm. you know, what is So I just, re- I really had to sit and process for a minute and, you know, rationally process. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with the hopes that I wasn't judging my child based on how I felt, how I felt I was judged. Mm-hmm. or treated. So I had to just really sit and process, you know, and I had to look at all the factors of what the request was. Doing things because that, that's that's how your mom did things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Were you all on the um the mastermind call? I think it was week before last, and... I had given it the the example of it was um a young a young bride and she was uh, making a roast and when she put it in the pan she cut off both ends of the roast and so her husband asked her why are you doing that and she said because that's the way my mom always did it and that was the only answer that she had so next time she was at her mom's house, she asked her mom, she was like, when you fix a roast and you cut the ends off of both ends off the, the roast, why do you do that? And her mom said, because that's what my mom always did. <laughs> so she asked grandma, why do you cut the ends, you know, off of off both ends of the roast? And grandma was like, because that's the only way it would fit in the pan. No, she said it's the only way it would fit in the pan. And so it never dawned on them that it was because of the limitations of the pan. That's what, you know, that's why she did that. And their mm-hmm. pan was large enough to accommodate the roast, but because that's, that's how they had seen it done, they didn't know any other way. Mm-hmm. So they just automatically cut off the ends, you know, like of the roast, because no one was asking any questions, you know. So until so the husband was like, you know, I'm just curious, why are you doing that? You know, probably because he's thinking that's a waste of meat. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, if he hadn't asked that question, then the granddaughter would have done it, and then she'd have taught her daughter, and, right. you know, and no one would have really known the real reason why it was being done. Because it didn't help the meat taste any better or cook any faster. <clears throat> and it was something, you know, and it was something, so you know, so simple. But see, now you go down a different road. I mean, or, you know, not, you know, not in that, not, I'm sorry. Now you're adding something to it because what that says to me is, you know, yes, oftentimes we don't know why things are done. And it does help Mm -hmm. to know the reason behind it. Mm -hmm. But there are also situations that just because God says so. Mm. You know, there's no explanation necessary. And how much did we hate that one as a child? Ooh, a whole heap. <laughs> <laughs> like the folks well, in the country, well, a whole well, heap. Why not? Honey. Because I say it so. Really? Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm gonna get. Yep, pretty much. Pretty much. But you know what, all the thing is, he still was, but but it goes back to the only reason why you didn't know, the only reason why you didn't know why God did whatever 
is because we don't ask. You know, yeah. and it's just like he even you know even if he even if he says don't don't touch, if we go back and say, well, why did you say not to touch that? He gives an explanation, but you know we get to the point where we're just like, you know. Like with, with the parents, like after a while, you just like you know what? I don't think I even want to know the answer. Sometimes you just mm-hmm. think you know what? I don't even want to know why he said yes. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> but you know, like with the like with parents, just like God, it could be that you're not ready for the answer, but you don't know that you're not ready for the answer. Mm-hmm. But they they know because they've been there before. You know, because, you know, we, we're children. We do tend to forget that our parents were children at one time also and probably, you know, have done some of the things that mm-hmm. we've done for worse. So, mm-hmm. you know, they already know the outcome or have an idea of the outcome just like God does. But it's like, you know, mm-hmm. oh, they're not, they not ready for the, for the answer down the road. You get the answer just like sometimes, you know, once you became an adult and you look back on stuff, it's like, Oh, that's why she wouldn't let me do that. Or that's why she wouldn't let me go mm-hmm. over, you know, Mary Jane's house. You know, Mama knew that Daddy was, you know, on some creepy stuff. Um, but at five, she wasn't exactly going to explain that to me, you know. But now at 15, when some stuff is coming out, it makes more sense. Right. And then that would, you know, and that's, and that, you know what, and now you say that, and that would be the... That would be probably the reason, that's probably the only reason God wouldn't give the explanation right sitting in there because he knew mm-hmm. you wouldn't receive it. Because, mm-hmm. you know, like I was talking to, I was when I was talking to the kids yesterday, and they were talking about how they, you know, they talk to their um they talk to their parent. They can't talk to their parents about anything because they're always bringing God into it. And I was like, <laughs> well, have you ever... I said, have you ever just asked them to listen to your point of view without bringing God into it? No, I don't. I don't even ask them questions no more because I don't even want to hear. I don't want to hear it, you know. And then I just want to do what I want to do. And that was that thing. Like I want to do what I want to do. And that's how God is like. Well, I would. I would have explained it to you, but I already knew, regardless of what I said, you wanted to do what you wanted to do. And so, therefore, what was the point? of saying why, you know, answering why. I just let you do what you wanted to do. And wait till you come back and be like, oh, that's why you said, you know, not to touch that or not to do that. Like you said, now 15, you know, from age 5 to 15, now you know, now you're seeing why you had to, you couldn't do certain things or, or be around certain people. Well, we could be so stubborn. <laughs> we could be so stubborn. Because we think we know everything. Mm. Well, what's awkward is he, he's, still, he's still faithful because he's just like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm going to just, I'm just going to just love you regardless of, you know, Yes. Like, like you're working a nerve right now, but you know I still love you. Mhm, mhm. <laughs> He's like, cause you are doing way too much. 
way too much. Um, does anyone have any other comments or questions, concerns? Good morning. Good morning. Oh, good morning. Is there anything you wanted to share with us? I just got in on a tail end of that. So I didn't even know what you guys were talking about. Oh, we were. Um, we were. We went through um, Abraham and Abimelech and um, chapters twenty through twenty-one um, of Genesis, and and just you know how how we always want to do our thing, you know. And that takes into consideration, you know, what God wants us to do and how stubborn we can be about it. That's basically like in a nutshell, all of it. And Erica have Erica and Pam have both brought out good points. Like we don't, you know, we we don't listen. You know, we don't want to listen to, you know, or we don't hear what God is saying because we're not listening. You know, or we don't wait to hear what he has to say because we're impatient. You know, and um, Pam was saying about asking over and over again, you know, just like, you know, being with a parent or a grandparent and asking over and over again for something. And 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 the answer is, wait wait a minute. You know, you got to wait. But we're continuing to ask instead of just waiting for us, you know, waiting for the answer to be given to us, you know. And because of impatience, you know, just we gotta we gotta do better. We gotta do better because sometimes you know our impatience works against us because then we start making we we start making choices and doing options that you know making our own roads, you know, our own paths that take us way out of way way out of the way. And our God has already said no. We say yes and believe and hope that he work it out the way that we want it to work out. Mm-hmm. Done it too. <laughs> you sound so excited when you say that, Felicia. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> man. You know. I mean, well, I you know were, because we are like, right. Unfortunately, you have I think you are our generation, but the generation coming up behind us is a right now generation. Yep, and that's and that's very true because you know just listening to the the kids I was talking to yesterday, they're just like, I, just I one one girl she is, I use her as an example of what a lot of youth are saying about being saved. She was just like. You know, I don't want to be different. Mm. You know, I don't want to be different. And even as adults, we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't want to be, we don't want to be that one that stands out. And when we ask God a question like, "Why can't I go? Why can't I do?" Like we're just like teenagers sometimes. Why can't I go there? Why can't I do that? You know. 
everybody else is doing it. Why can't I do it, you know? And and it's just like, no, he's saying no, and we still do it anyway. Why can't I be in that relationship? Why can't I go and live with that, you know, and, and you know, and, and do the trial of living with this person before we decide to get married and, and all these other, you know, options and choices that people make. And God is just like, no, because I've set stuff in, you know, set, 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 set things a certain way because I know other ways don't work. And we're like, oh, I'm going to do my own thing, you know, and then get mad. <laughs> then That's get what mad. you do, honey. Be good and mad at it, too. <laughs> Like we had a right to be mad. Right. After we were the one who made the ill decision. (laughs) (laughs) And then blame something to somebody else. Mm -hmm. What had happened was... (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And then we, and what makes it even worse, we try to even blame God about it. Like, <laughs> if you would have answered me when I when I asked you, you could have, you know. And it's just like he's just like, no, I, you know, I said no, you know. Right. And even if I gave you the explanation, you still, you know, again, he right. knew we would have still did our own thing. So right. Um, it's hard. It's it's hard to rationalize that he knows me better than I know myself. Yeah, it is. Because you know, we think I've been living. I've been living this life, however many you know years we are. I I know me. I've been living this for forty eight years. I know me. If we don't know, deadly squad. And God says, "I created you. I know your ending." And you claim you know you. You don't even know where you're going to end up at. You don't even know how your day is going to end. But you're trying to tell me you know you. (laughs) The only way you know you is if I show you you. And you're too hard-headed to listen right now, so I know you're not going to, you know, embrace what I show you. I have to let you mature just a little bit while longer. I have to let you marinate a little bit. And in our impatience, we still, okay. you know, we still do that. Okay. You know, how we do our, even, I mean, look at it, I've been looking at, like, how we, how we react to our parents is how we react to God. We're just like, okay, okay, you know, all right. Well, let me show you what, that I know better than you do. Right. You know, even though you're God, I'm going to show you better than, you know, show you that I can still do it. And it's just like, uh uh-uh. uh yeah, he sit there and say they don't even know that they can't show me nothing. But <laughs> since they so look, since they feel that they can, let me just let them. Mhm. Well, that's the comedy what, show. No. Right. See what they working with. 
hundred of things that we choose. Because I can honestly say some of the things that I have gone through that are not so good, had he revealed it to me in advance, <laughs> nope. Sure wouldn't have. <laughs> nope, I would have ran in the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. And the crazy thing is running from could lead you into things that are even worse than what you were, you know, going through or going to. Because, see, life is going to deal us situations that even with decisions and choices that we're not going to, we will prefer not to pick either one of them that's before us. And at some point in time, you're going to have, you know, you will be faced with the decision that you, in your mind, that you're going to choose the lesser of the most uncomfortable or the lesser of the evils that are before you. But it's because you have to go through it. If you had a choice in an ideal situation, you wouldn't choose anything that's before you. But because you have to make a decision, you have to choose wisely. Because we think all of our decisions and choices are going to be, you know, good ones, a good versus a bad one. And sometimes they can still be good and you still prefer not neither one because it's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Lord, you told me tried and true. Do I have to go through this to be tried and true? <laughs> Where's my daughter? I'm good. I'm good. Right. <laughs> I just say we follow our own mind, and then we we get into ourselves and say that if you bring you we God didn't told you no, that's not the right. You see those thorns and spikes there. Why are you going there? And it's like we'll sit there and say, if God bring me to it, he'll bring me through it. And he, in the back of your mind, you already hear him saying, I told you not to go there. You wanted to do this, so you got to deal with it. <clears throat> True. Because he honors his word where he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So he'll be there. He'll be like, okay. Mm-hmm. You took me out the driver's seat. I'm, I'm going to sit in the back seat in the passenger seat wherever you put me, and I'll just, I'll just go along for the ride. Mm-hmm. And when you're ready, okay, at the end of it, you'll have, you'll have scratches and scars <laughs> and stuff. But it's like, I told you not to go that route. You went anyway, so you had to deal with the, with the, uh, Fall out of it. He he, he never did it say I'll leave you unscathed or, or or a little torn. He just said I'll bring you through it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And I think one of the hardest things for us to, I guess, really accept is that to be tried and true, you're going to have to go through the fire. It's, it's not it's not going to always be a bed of roses. But we think that we're not supposed to get burned or scorn or nothing. We just right. have to go through it. Honey, that's so true. That's what we wanted to do. He saw, he said, you saw that smoke smothering. You saw that it was coming. Mm-hmm. What made you think that it was going to be just so sad small? He never said he wouldn't burn the whole darn building down. Sir. But he is faithful. Even where we're not, he is faithful. We can just and that and I'm and I'm so glad that we can stand on that. Like you know, even when we even and you know as we're talking and even when we do our little you know step out and step away and and everything, he still sits there. He's just like, okay, whenever you're ready, come on back, and I'm gonna be right here waiting for you. You know, I know we were talking about the. Um, we were talking about the prodigal son, you know, and that's pretty much it. Like he he's you know, we can he says we can go out there and do all the stuff that we wanna do. You know, but if we come back to him with a contrite heart, you know, he will restore us. He will, you know, with open arms. There's no condemnation, there's no judgment or nothing. He's just like, Okay, I'm I'm just glad you're back. You know, at the end of the day, that's basically what he wants to say. Is like, I'm glad you're back where you where you're supposed to be. Uh-huh. Where you're supposed to be. Amen. We just have to get out the way. And that's and that's the, when you look at the story. As we're looking at the story of Abraham, we we see and you know it just shows how much he is in the way of his own his own promise. He's in the way of his own you know fulfillment of what God has promised him. So how much have we got in the way of the promises of God? You know how much have we you know tried to look at the loopholes and only look at half the truth of what's going on with us and the things in our life, you know, so so much so that when we deal with people, we're only showing half the story and not the whole story, which hinders God from doing what he needs to do and, you know, everything. So... That's my takeaway on that one. So I'm trying to be more transparent. (laughs) (laughs) I say and do, you know. I try to be more transparent. I try to, you know, let my, you know, you ask me anything, I'll give you my full answer, you know, without holding anything back, but making sure that I respond in love, you know, 
but making sure that I'm being as completely honest, you know, as as I can. Not being deceptive, but okay, if I don't know the whole answer, I can give you what I got. Mm-hmm. You know, so, and that's even being honest with myself, because a lot of times we're not honest with ourselves on things, and mm-hmm. just, you know, until we can say. You know, hi, my name is Felicia, and I am, you know, dealing with low self-esteem. God, help me out with that, you know, or I'm dealing with us and so, you know, God, help me out with that. There's, you know, those are the things that he, that still hinders him from giving us the fulfillment of his promise. So. All true. Um. And it's nine o'clock. Does anyone have any um anything else they would like to share? Any uh, prayer requests or anything? You know me, I'm always up for prayer. Okay. Always. Um that was Eric or Pam. Y'all sounds alike. I see what people mean. <laughs> that was me. It was Erica. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, wait. Mm. All right. So, Miss Erica, how was church yesterday? <sighs> it was all right. Okay. Yeah, you know. And it took you a long time to just say all right. Hello. Yeah. Oh, you know, it's just. Dealing with people and stuff and people and stuff. <laughs> you know, we we have a tendency to complicate things unnecessarily. I, I you know, I feel that um, they're trying to isolate me, so to speak. So that's why, you know. I don't uh-uh. find it like that. So you got it not yeah. only at work, you got it at church. Yeah. Okay. And so, okay. you know. So I'm going to ask you a question. Sure. Do you think, because we can't isolate, okay. Do you think it's them trying to isolate, or do you think it's God trying to isolate? Very good question. Um, Yeah. um, Really, um, I think initially I would say it's them trying to isolate, um, which is why even in our analogy a few moments ago, I talked about having to just, you know, step back, you know, take a few steps back and process and just really look at the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Because my immediate response would be that they they are trying to isolate. And as I, you know, as I eventually look at it, you know, if I look more into it, it, you know, I'm sure it has its purpose because everything that happens has 
its purpose, whether or not we want to um, condition ourselves to believe that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, sometimes we can listen to God and understand that we have to do things a certain way. And then we can try to, you know, um, set things and people aside, not even realize, regardless of what we're going to do, God still is going to have his way. Mm-hmm. So um, initially I would say they are, um, you know, somewhat distancing themselves, you know, and um, I still believe that it's, you know, it, it's all going to work out for the good. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm not, unfortunately, for, <clears throat> and I don't, you know, forgive me if I sound uh, some type of way when I say this, but unfortunately, um, I'm not who people think I am. Whatever box or category that may be for them. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I just embrace, you know, I seek God and I just embrace that and allow him to work through it, regardless to how unfavorable I may feel initially that it is. And so I'm not that person, whoever it is, you know. It's not going to make me um, stick my tail between my legs. It's not going to make me, you know, hold my head down. You know, I I have just, you know, I have uh, embraced just, Lord, I, I just have to, you know, stand firm and hold my head up regardless to how this or these situations have a tendency to work out. <laughs> so, and the thing is, you know, even if you get what you ask for, always be careful what you ask for because you may not even know the totality of what you're requesting mm-hmm. and what type of impact they may eventually have on you. Because, you know, you may be distancing yourself from me, you know, for your good and not realize, you know, what type of situation it may put you in personally or where it may put me in, you know. So, because you definitely may be putting yourself in the rightful position as my step stool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and that's how come, you know, I just, you know, I have to, I have to, you know, get out of Erica because I do have my own initial thoughts and process, but then I step back and I'm like, well, Lord, you know, allow me to, you know, alleviate myself from this equation and just, you know, seek you in regard to what's actually happening. And I, I have to allow you to work this process out because even in the on our best day, even myself, I can't really, you know, say how, you know, say what is best. I just have to allow you to work in me and through me, and I just pray you just work through this situation, and it will be what it will be. Que sera, sera. Did you hear yourself? Yep. Because you basically just... Oh. 
what God is doing. And that's awesome because I was seeing it as you were talking it, and it's just like, wow, you know, because in the isolation, it's just like there's a bubble being created. And and what I was saying is like in this bubble, you know, you know how, <laughs> okay, this shows you have a, I have kids, man. Um, Remember how they had the force field? You know, it, you know, there's a there's a force field, and then all around mm-hmm. people are blowing up. Mm-hmm. That's what I saw. Like everything around, outside of your bubble, is just blowing up. Wow. You know, and because the thing is, like you were saying, like in the midst of them trying to make it so that you are feeling left out, like odd man out, like, oh, we're going to, you know, and 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 in the midst of them trying to do that, they are setting themselves up, mm. you know, and because like we have said before, but you don't know who's watching. Mm-hmm. You never know who's watching and and paying attention. And just continue to be Erica, because in, even in in spite of all of the in in personal and in business, even in spite of all that people are doing to try to isolate, because you know where it says the scripture says. You know what? What the devil meant for bad, God turns it around for your good. So the isolation, you know, God doesn't want us to be isolated. He brings us to a point where we have to go into our secret place and everything to to commune with Him and to talk to Him. But as far as everything else, He knows we need to be around, you know, those who are like minded and believe in everything, so that we can be, mm-hmm. you know, we can be strengthened. In our walk, because you know a three a three cord is is stronger than one walking by itself, mm-hmm. you know. Right. But in the midst of it, of them trying to isolate you, they are also showing, you know, the strength that you have because you still speak with respect, and you still act according to, you know, y- your your walk, your integrity is still intact. So continue to do that, and and. And, you know, as they are circling, trying to, you know, trying to get you to, to act out of character, what they perceive to be your character, they're becoming more and more irritated because you're not reacting the way they think you you would react, which is causing them confusion and doing some things that's kind of like blatant, like, Everybody can see. Well, why would you? Why would you put the mail in the the? You know, why would you put the mail near the shredder tray? And knowing that it's hers, and I saw you do it, knowing that we're going to shred that stuff today. You know, that kind of thing. Like just mm-hmm. just doing it just to be doing it, and people are noticing. You know, or why did you send the memo? to everyone and not her? Or why did you do this? And, you know, everybody knows it's usually this way. This, this, it's like totally, you know, the process has changed. Not even, not even where it's, you know, 
something where it shouldn't be noticed, but it's it's very noticeable. So, Father God, we come for Miss Aricia Wheeler. And we thank you for this woman of God that you have in, you have really um, shown up and shown out for her, Father. You've, you've given her so much more than she could even ask, I think, in some ways. And so, Lord, we ask that you will continue to just strengthen her spirit, soul, and body, Lord, as she goes through this process. Even if the even if those who are orchestrating, you know, the the isolation, even if they try to stop it, um, unfortunately, for them, you know, just like a wave, you cannot stop the way a wave goes from and you know to and from. It it has to go through the whole process until the end. And so, Lord, we just thank you that you have you have made sure that she is surrounded. By your Holy Ghost fire, that you have you have made sure that she is um, under your protection, and you have put a barrier around her that no enemy can overcome. And Lord, we just ask that you continue to watch over her and keep her in all her days, and her family, and her friends, and seven degrees of separation, that they will continue to walk in prosperity, and continue to look at her example, and bless her hand, and bless her Father God with their eyes, and they see that you are living and dwelling and walking with her, and they try to emulate the same so that they can have you in their lives as well. Well, we speak that no weapon formed against her shall prosper. Help her to continue to increase in wisdom, knowledge, understanding, and discerning based on all that she needs in the ministry and in the level that you need her to go. In the name of Yeshua, we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you ever so kindly, ma'am. You're welcome. Is there anyone else? I'll take some of that prayer. Hey, Miss Pam. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Miss Pam. Um. Okay. Okay. Um. Did you do a business model yet, like a business model? You have a business model. Um, would you be willing to share your business model, like on a on a on a on a teaching scale for um, for young people? Like, would you be willing to teach it to show how you know from that from your perspective how a business is run? Hmm, that's interesting. I never really thought about that. Because this is a time of, this is a, uh, I know I told you guys that I I was going to send you an email, and I told Lisa the other day, I said, it's still in my head, and I talked to her, you know, in in detail about, um, about the vision that God gave me. Um, has given me, and um, but with you in particular, Pam, you have uh, 
a business acumen that you can share with others who, even though they might, because even even when it comes down to, like my daughter, she she likes to dance and she's been trying to, you know, um, find ways to teach dancing and things like that. A lot of our young people are not equipped to even consider entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. You know, and and you know, like you were from Mastermind yesterday, they're not going to sit down and read an autobiography. That's really not going to happen. It's not. Um, <laughs> or, you know, or any book about, you know, how to do business. That's That's not where the youth are in this day. But um but if there is someone who's willing to Pam um show <laughs> uh you know break it down to uh to their thought process. You know, making it very simple but not so simple that it's just like, you know, okay, I know how to do two plus two. But, you know, making it simple where they get the understanding and they get the motivation where they can say, you know what, I can do a T-shirt, I can do greeting cards, I can, you know, I can do something with the talent that I have. Mm-hmm. And... um you know, I, and and that being said, because you have you have you said I when because um, I thought about what you said when I said, hey Pam, you want to do a day when Sam wasn't you know when Sam was out of town and I can't do it. You do it every Sunday. You just you don't you don't see it as you're doing it, but you leave the call on Sunday during Mastermind. So it's like you can do it, but it's it, your thing is business. Right. Yeah. It, it wasn't that I didn't, you know, it's just that with, when you're talking about, like, leading a prayer call, yeah. my my knowledge, you know, like, of the Bible is not as vast as other people's. And so I would feel like I would be doing them a disservice. Okay. You know, well, being a fraud. Your business information is very good. And it's very much needed. So consider that because it because that's why I mean when we go to we had spoke about Proverbs thirty one a while back and even in the New Testament how it says that the women should be teaching the younger you know um, that's you as far as like teaching business. And incorporating that so that they can they can get the excitement of doing something other than what the world says they can do, mm-hmm. you know. And, and I mean, just consider because that's what I see. Like you know, the way you break down each of the calls, it's like even though you're reading from the book, it's the way that you break it down even more so. You know, with the with the little details and everything, and so <clears throat> that that is very needful because a lot of people are saying that that's the way that this world is going. Like people are doing their own little side jobs, and and we need to get our kids, you know, excited about something like that. 
you know, and and not fearful of it and giving them the knowledge. Um, but, Father, we come for Pam right now that, you know, there are so many things that you you have been praying to God about, you know, and um, and you even, and you basically have your own answer because you said sometimes we just have to wait, you know, and he's taking a process. You know he's 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 um what's the word he's basically putting the ducks in the row mm. of of your answers you know but because everything is so connected he has to make sure that everything is in in the right um, order before he can give an answer you know because he doesn't you know God doesn't do anything half. You know, halfway. So right. he doesn't. He doesn't want to give you an answer to one without giving you an answer to the other. And so once he has everything exactly the way he wants it to be, he will start revealing the answers to you. So it's not like he's not answering on purpose. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, because even after you prayed about it, you had a piece about it, but. He's just like, okay, I, I, but I'll answer you once I can say, is this Pam? And then when he reveals it, you'll be like, oh, okay. And this goes with this, and this goes with this, and this. Oh, okay. All right, Lord, thanks. You know, it's going to be that kind of thing. So don't be discouraged that, you know, you prayed about it in, in, at Thanksgiving, and, and now, you know, it's April, and you still haven't heard an answer. You know, and then also too, you gotta understand because you prayed it, the enemy doesn't want you to get the answer either. And that was a revelation that God gave me the other day. He was like, "Not only do I wait to make sure that everything is is set up the way I want it to be, when I'm also giving you the answer, the enemy is gonna come in and he's gonna try to delay, you know, the response time as well. So you know, you have two factors coming." you know, delaying delaying your answer, you know. So continue to just, you know, um, go before him and, and, you know, and acknowledging that you know that he's received it and that he's got an answer, you know, and pray over it and make sure that you cover it, you know, and, and, and that the enemy cannot pluck it up or pluck it out and try to destroy before it even gets to you. And then also make sure that you don't put... Um, any negative remarks, you know, against it as well, because again, what we say out of our mouth hinders it as well, you know, mm-hmm. and it causes it causes. It's like um, doing a sketch with pencil, you know, and and you know, and every time you know God puts the pencil to paper to sketch out your response, and then you say something negative. Whatever he has already put down, when you put that negative response, he has to erase what he's begun to re, you know, to to adjust to what you said. So we, you know, be very careful, you know, what you say about what you've prayed for and anything else, you know, because that that'll that'll cause delay as well. And so, Lord, we just thank you for this woman of God. We ask that you will continue to keep her um, uplifted in spirit, soul, and body. And just 
continue to watch over her and her family and her seven degrees of separation. You know, she's a helper, and she's a she is she is a support system to many. And so, Lord, we just ask that as she goes and does for others, you do back for her as you see fit, Father. Keep her um, keep her in all her ways and also increase in her her knowledge, wisdom, and understanding and everything that you want her to do and help her to discern your voice and the times that you have set in place for her to receive what you have for her. And, Lord, we just thank you in advance that you would keep her from all hurt, harm, and danger, seen and unseen as she goes about helping others and to alleviate the, um, the stress and the the load of you know, of others, Lord, so as she gives help to them. And we just thank you that you have given her hand service, excuse me, to be to be as she is. In the name of Yeshua we pray. Amen. 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 It's anyone what oh, excuse me. No, go ahead. Um it's interesting when you talk about the children and, and entrepreneurship and um you know, because part of the of the problem with them is not just that they don't have the knowledge, but they are so um, stuck in the instant gratification, mm-hmm. you know, and that is not going to bode well with trying to build a business, you know. Um, yeah, it, it'd be nice if we could, you know, open up a store today and be a millionaire tomorrow, but that, that's, that's fantasy. You know, it doesn't work like that. But then I think that they don't understand um, the the different components, the parts that it takes to make up. Um, and even being, because they don't understand the value of money, period. So, and, and that was, and that's the other piece. You know, um, and you you see it with their um, their self of you know their entitlement you know like mama I want some you know I want some gym shoes they cost they only cost three hundred fifty dollars <laughs> you know only mm-hmm. you know mama I need a, I need a new phone it only costs six hundred dollars you that, know for yeah, a phone he wants an iPhone I'm like iPhone no iPhone six I'm like you better get an iPhone six job yeah. oh exactly you know uh, and and that's how they put it. it only costs it's like only really. <laughs> you know, um, I mean, because they they have no no um, concept of it, and you know, we can't totally blame that on the kids because a lot of it is because of the parents um, who wanted their children to have what they didn't have, so on and so forth. But they forgot to teach them the values that went along with that. Right. You know? um, but the kids have to understand the basics before they can. Um, you know, you have to you have to build that that foundation. You just can't start it out um, and throw out your shingle and and instantly be successful. There's 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 work that goes behind that, and you know they they lost that concept of the, of that word. That's like a that's a four letter word for real to them. <laughs> that's true, very true. But it's it. But if we can get them to get that understanding, you know, mm-hmm. that, there is, that, that the process is there and that, you know, uh, the diligence is needed, you know. Is, but unfortunately it's harder for us because it's like that 
every song that most of them listen to, that's all they talk about is sex, is sex or money. Mm-hmm. Right. Having it right now. I know somebody was um, talking about, um, you know, everybody's been doing, the, you know, Memories of Prince and that, and um, one of the, the bandmates back from, you know, like Purple Rain and that, um, he lives in, I think he lives in like St. Charles now because they actually did a, well, they had already planned to do this tribute to him anyway before he passed, which freaks me out because when you, if you've ever been to St. Charles, you don't necessarily think of that being like Prince Land, but um, he was saying that. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> you gave them so, the whole land. <laughs> but it's like you know, the people are you know they're you know they're older, they're you know they're Caucasian, they're extremely um, you know conservative, you know like that type of thing. You know none of which you know you identify with Prince. You know, but then I guess if I had to remember, if they're you know like in my age group, and God forbid, I'm calling us older. Ugh, um, you know, in their form- <laughs> you know, in their formative years, you know, Prince Prince was hot, and so you know, you do have um, you know that part of his his fan base that you know like really loved him. But um, the the I think he was the drummer from when they did of like Purple Rain. He was like they would rehearse like. All day, you know, like they might start like at eight o'clock in the morning and and might go to six or seven o'clock at night, and then they would leave, but Prince would keep at it, mm. you know. And it's like, you know, it's that um, that work ethic that has 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 been lost, you know. Because first of all, who's trying to rehearse for twelve hours? Right. You know, they gonna complain after about an hour. Why we got to keep going over this? Pretty much. Pretty much. You know, and I can remember actually being in that, that same situation. When I, um, when I graduated from grammar school, I had to give the, the uh, welcoming address as a salutatorian. And so my reading teacher, she had me write my speech, and then she would have me practice it in front of the classroom. And... Every day for like a couple of weeks before graduation, I would have to get up and, and read my speech. And, you know, and she would critique me, you know, stand straight, um, you know, uh, pronounce your words correctly, you know, that type of thing. And I remember the word success, and, but I, I would pronounce it success. And so she said, what's that word? And I said, success. Uh-uh, say it again. What's that word? And I kept saying it, and I was like, okay, why is she having me keep saying this word again? It's like, I know what the word is. And she was like, it's success. And she had me stand in front of the classroom, and I had to keep saying success, success, success. And it's like, to this day, when I pronounce that word, I say success. (laughs) No success, success. Okay, because she had me repeat that thing over and over and over again, and I didn't quite get the 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 meaning for why she was having me, you know, do my speech over and over again. But after graduation, there were so many parents that came up to me because, see, the valedictorian she didn't want to practice her speech, 
And so at the end of graduation, there were so many parents that came up to me and congratulated me on my speech, and they were like, you know, you were so articulate. We understood what you said. It was much better than the valedictorian. We didn't understand half of what she said because she just she rushed through it. And it's like so I understood then what it was that my teacher, you know, like why she had me doing that. And it made sense then. At the time, I didn't understand it, but I did it because she told me to. You know, but it's like now, um, you know, the, the kids don't like how that work ethic, and it's so hard to try and, and get them to do like as they're told. Why I got to do that? That don't make any sense. Why am I, you know, having to do this over and over and over again? Right. And they truly don't like that. They're just like, okay, I'm over they consider it. Huh. You know. Which I get too. You know, not appreciate. You know, you're right. You're right about that because the effort is no longer there. It's just pretty much like, okay, after, you know, after the second, you know, the second go around, it's just like, okay, can we take a break? Mm -hmm. You've only done it 20 minutes. What do you mean take a break, you know? Thank you. Just, Yeah. Yeah, who cares if I, you know, if I say it right? Right. Because I even asked, I asked my daughter, I had asked my daughter, I said, so if I had put you in an etiquette class now, you know, what, you know, what would you, you know, would you want to do etiquette? And she was like, for what? I don't want to sit down. And I'm like, okay, you know. And I was telling her, I said, you know, back in the day, you know, we used to take etiquette classes. We used to be, you know, learn how to sit, learn how to walk, learn how to dress and stuff like that to, so we can go into business. And I'm like, you don't you don't see that. So you're right. You're like, the, the same mentality isn't here. It's just like, you know, there's no, there's no structure. It's now the structure is no longer a thing. It's just like mm-hmm. everybody goes for what they know, you know, and regardless of. So that's interesting. Mhm. Really interesting. Because they don't they don't look big picture. You know, mm-hmm. they don't think about you know. I mean, and, and you can tell that from with the with the sexing on you know um, on the internet. They're not thinking that about how this is going to affect them in their future. They're just thinking about today. Mhm. So when you say, you know, you know, uh, when you tr- get ready to go to college, they're going to see this stuff, and when you're applying for jobs, and they're looking at you like, but that's, you know, five or six years from now. Exactly. I'll, you know, I'll deal with that then. Yeah. Because they're like, I want to live for today. That's that's, mm-hmm. that's the thing. I want to live for today and let tomorrow work itself out. And I get that to a degree, but why can't you do both? Because it's being taught to them that they, you can't do both. Mm, okay. That's deep. Yeah. 
I mean, everything is like you can only do one thing at a time, focus on one thing, you know. But and then I guess thing, hmm? with time being the way that it is, you got so many kids that don't even think that, you know, they're going to make it to college age. Right. And that's true. A lot of them don't think they're going to make it to college. A lot of them don't even think they're going to make it to the next, you know, through the summer. So they're just like, I'm just going to live for today. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and you don't have anybody telling them different. And you can tell the difference between those who are being told and shown different from those who are not, mm-hmm. you know. And even, I can even say that because you can have, you can have, you know, it's been it's been shown more than once where you can have um, two boys or two girls in the same house, and they both receive the same teaching, but one sees it as a waste, and the other sees it and takes it and runs with it. So it's just like, okay, it depends on how you receive it. And then yeah. sometimes you can live in the same house, but you don't get the same teaching. Okay. Um, and I, I didn't know this until, you know, adulthood, but the things, you know, like, like my, because my mother had me when she was in high school. And so, you know, she talked to me about, um, you know, like about boys and, and you know, the, the traps not to, you know, to fall into, you know, like when they're trying to get into your pants and, you know, and things like that, because I was, you know, like very social. And so um, the thing was um, not wanting me to uh, make the same mistake that she did. But she did not teach that to my sisters. And they were the ones who got pregnant as teenagers. Mm. And, you know, I found out from my sister later, I was like, but, you know, didn't I tell you, you know, this, that, the other? And she was like, she didn't tell me any of that. And it never dawned on me that she wasn't telling them the same thing. Mm. You know, so the, the perception was because, you know, like my sisters were, were were quieter than I, you know. And so, and it's again, you know, um, like judging a book by its cover type of thing. So since I was like more outgoing and that, um, you know, the, the concern was that, I would get myself into trouble. And, you know, I look at it also as, as my mother really not knowing me because I was not hot in the tail as a as a teenager. Okay, I mean, I liked boys and everything, but I wasn't, you know, I wasn't fast. That's what we used to call them, you know, fast. Um, I, was, I wasn't fast like that, you know. Um, but she assumed that because I was so social and, and outgoing that um, – you know, I'd get myself into trouble. And so she, you know, was trying to, to tell me the things to look out for and, and, you know, and that, but she did not do it with my sisters. And they, they fell for the okie doke. So, yeah, so sometimes it's not even a matter that, you know, that the kids, you know, that living in the same house get a different interpretation. It, it could be living in the same house but not receiving the same information. Wow. 
Wow. And again, some of it is their mindset, what they got their mindset on. You could hear the right. exact same sentence and hear it totally different. Mm-hmm. And I could tell one of my kids, don't go out there and do that because right, that you might get this, that, or the other. Then it's like the other one going here. If you look at a boy, you're going to look at this, 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 so don't do that. It's, it's all in the way that they interpret it also and what they going through. And then some of it is the way that they're thinking themselves. I could say, Raquel, don't do this because you might get pregnant. If I do this, the other one, Gabby would be like, well, if I do this, Mama say I'll get pregnant. That's not what I said. <laughs> <laughs> it's all in what they interpret and what they're going through with their friends at that moment. Mm. And I think as, you know, um, based on what, you know, piggybacking off of what you just said also is that um, just like we had talked about before on the, on the prayer call about how uh, in a classroom, you know, children do not learn the same way. And so a teacher can explain something and you'll have some students that will pick it up right away and then other students, you know, they're just not getting it. It's not clicking with them. But then someone else could explain it to them, and they'll get it, like, right, you know, like right away. And I think sometimes it's the same thing with, with children. Okay, you know, my mother had three girls, but, yeah, we were girls, but we were not, personality-wise, we were not the same, you know. And so how you, how you explain things to one and they get it may not work for the other. You know, mm-hmm. and my mother always says, you know, I know my children, I know my children. And I'm looking at her like, if you really knew us, you wouldn't do half the stuff you do. You know, it's not, I mean, you know, it's still not one size fits all. Wow. So basically we have to, that goes back to having that wisdom, knowledge, understanding, and discerning, you mm-hmm. know. As the as the parent or as the mentor, you know we have to be able to to know where that child is at that particular moment. Like, you know, um, I know like one of the things that I had to do with my daughter, she had to remind me to do the same thing with my son. You know, I would be like. Uh, I would, you know, whatever my instruction was, and I would have to tell, I would tell her, like, repeat what I just said, you know, and if she didn't repeat it exactly the way I said, I'd be like, "Uh uh-uh, that's not what I said, and I, you know, I would keep making her, I would keep saying it and have her repeat it until she was saying what I was saying, you know, and and we have to, you know, so that there is, there was no misunderstanding, Mm -hmm. you know. And you know a lot, and I think that's you know so a lot of not a lot, but some of the things we we say and do, we have to make sure that it's understood the way that it needs to be understood. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can they can sit there now. We know that they're versed at uh, repeating stuff because they can repeat whatever songs you give them, especially mm-hmm. nowadays. But do you understand the meaning behind the song? It's like how do you interpret that? It's, 
It's a matter. It's the interpretation that gets lost. It's not the words. It's the interpretation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's when because because then because you but that's where the, that's where the next step comes in because a lot of and and my that's what my daughter can't stay because I even do it with her now but I'm, and we even get into arguments about it because she's like you keep asking me all these questions I'm like no I'm trying to make sure that we're on the same page mm-hmm. you know and. And then come to find out that we're not on the same page. So it's like, okay, well, I was trying to alleviate all of this misunderstanding, but you got mad because I was asking you all these questions, you know. And 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 that's the same thing with God. It's just like we get so impatient with trying to get the answer that we lose the understanding of what he's trying to get us to learn, you know. And he, he's like, okay, so what he did was he gave us the Bible. He's like, okay, now read it. Now get it, you know, and come back to me and ask me what I meant by it so that we can understand each other. And it's just like we don't take the time out. And then the, we're just like kids on that level because we're just like, okay, I get it. You said, like like um, AJ just said, like, okay, you said, you know, one plus one is two. But then, but you meant, you know, the red crayon actually colors yellow. Like, wait a minute, that's that's not what I meant. It's just like, how can you think one meant the other thing? You know, and it's just like we have to be willing to, we have to be willing to as 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 mentors and as you know teachers and you know and everything. We have to be willing to go the extra mile. And sometimes we we don't. You know, mm-hmm. we don't, and and you know, and then how much more so would we have an understanding if we, you know, if we go the extra step with God? How much more of an understanding would we have about ourselves and what His expectations are if we, you know, took the time out to actually go a little bit further and not just be like, oh, I get it, you know, I've I've done it, <laughs> so. I, I mean, both as a child, as an adult, you know, and they, oh, I get it, you know, and I walk away thinking I, I, I understood what was said, I've repeated it and everything, and then I'm still like, wait, nope, I didn't get it. I'm sorry, you know, so. And then we also have to do, like we're asking the children to do, we have to be open to learning. You know, yes, we do um, you know, we have an advantage over them to some degree because, you know, we've been teenagers and, and there are things that we, you know, we understand the thought process, you know, um, on on some level, but then you also have to be open that there still could be another way of doing it, you know, mm-hmm. just like when we used to do things the way our parents did it, but then when you become an adult, it's like, okay, I always hate it doing it this way. I want to do it that way. And you find out, oh, this way does work. Okay, cool. And, you know, so in in talking to the children, and, and I think that's the key, in talking to them and, and, you know, perhaps getting to know them or allowing them to express their ideas and, um, and, and opinions and that, and then perhaps you can come to um, uh, a compromise or a, a combination of the ways, you know, where you you still got the the basics, but then you are putting like a 
perhaps like a new twist on it, you know, and that the, and that, that the kids can relate to. Mm-hmm. Willing to adjust. Willing to adjust and not and you know and not taking and not having you're right not having that well I've arrived I'm an adult now and you you know I've you know and because that's one of the things that the, the the one of the youth said yesterday like I can't talk to the my my dad because he thinks his way is the only way and mm-hmm. so we have to be willing to say you know what it. Maybe you know. Let me look at it from your perspective, and then we'll go from there. You know, we'll you know we'll, let's have a conversation about it. You know, if we're not willing to think that we have we could learn more, then you know, as a parent and even as a believer, we are we are going to fail because everything is still a, a, a learning. You know, until the day we die, we're supposed to be learning something. Right. So, uh, if we, but if we go into the mentality that, oh, I've been on this earth 43 years and I know, you know, that this is the only way, then, mm, you know, no. It's not like going to work. Like we talked about last night in the, um, in the mastermind call, you have to be teachable. Yep. You know, so even as an adult, if you if you go into a classroom, you know, you're taking a class, but your attitude toward the teacher is, I know this stuff already. You know, you're not going to get anything out of it. <laughs> you know? And so we have to be, you know, like the same way with the kids, you know, be open to at least, you know, at least listening to them. And then perhaps, you know, maybe their way might work. Or if you listen to them, then you may understand why their way won't work, and then you can explain that to them as well. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you don't listen to them at all and, and your whole stance is just do what I told you to do, um, especially as they get older. When they're little people, you know, sometimes you, you have to do it that way. But, you know, like as, as young adults, they need to understand why you're telling them to do it that way. But if we be honest, sometimes the reason we're telling them to do it that way is because that's the way we were told to do it. And so we don't really have a reason why we do it that way other than that's how I was taught. (laughs) (laughs) Going back to the pot roast. Wait. Exactly. (laughs) You know, exactly. But then you don't you don't want to tell that to your child then they're gonna be like, "Mm, my mama, what's she talking about? Um Mm -hmm. let's focus on just do what I told you to do. But um you know if we if we open ourselves and then that's a good lesson for the, the children as well, you know um, my mom would ask me questions, and she, you know, she would listen to, you know, listen to me. She ain't always, you know, do it the way I wanted it done, but at least she would like listen to me and um and hear me out. That's a good lesson as well. Mhm. Mm. I definitely grew up with. If I want your opinion, I'll give it to you. Yeah, yeah, yes, that yes. I I remember that well. I remember <laughs> that well. <laughs> there was no way around it. Like really, mm-hmm. really. My mother's favorite phrase was, "Are you calling me a liar?" Uh. Uh-uh. It is like you know, like if I would disagree with her, 
um, respectfully, of course, um, are you calling me a liar? And so, like, when I'd be in grammar school, and I, you know, I'd just be like, no, and I would drop it. But, you know, in high school, you'd be starting to smell yourself a little bit. And um, so when she would say that, are you calling me a liar? And then I'd be like, no, I'm just saying that that's not right. She was like, and like of course I ain't going to call you no liar. I'm not stupid. I want to live to see tomorrow. I'm <laughs> not gonna call her liar today either. Okay. <laughs> so I had this conversation with, with Morgan one time because, you know, my my mother was a was a hollerer. She hollered a lot, which got on my nerves. And so Morgan was like, "Oh, see, I couldn't have been dealing with that." I looked at her and said, "Morgan, I didn't have a choice." <laughs> you know, it's not like she was like, you know. Um, where I could tell her mama, stop hollering at me. Like, yeah, right, okay. Okay. And I'm still alive because I was just like, all right, mom. <laughs> okay, because uh, I kept my mouth shut. Like, mm-mm, like, let her, let her go on this rant. If she's mm-hmm. hollering, if she hollering we, we still good. Um, if she stopped hollering, now I better start ducking. Uh-uh. That's about right. That is about right. And now we know better. Mm-hmm. Or at least we're supposed to. Yeah. But, uh, you know, but I can say is that because we've had those examples, we know what works and what doesn't work, though. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and, and that's... And, and, and that's the 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 good thing. Like we're and even us being on this call, you know, we're willing. That shows a willingness to continue to learn, mm-hmm. you know, and not just assume that what we were taught was right and what we know or what we think we know is right. Like, okay, let's see if there's a let's see what else to, you know how else to to look at look at the situation. And the awesome thing is when you can see it through the eyes of God, it's just like, wait a minute, all of that was wrong. Okay, well, mm-hmm. let's let's fix it and, and, and keep it going. And All right. And see, that's why I give you um, kudos on, on leading this this, um, this Bible study and, and allowing people to, um, to voice their opinion or to ask the question or to even say, you know, you said such and such, but, you know, that's not, you know, that's not how I read it or that's, you know, that's not what it says, you know, like or whatever. And and then you go back and be like, oh, okay, you're right. You know, because a lot of times we still don't get that. And, you know, it affects how people like view Bible study because you don't want to be lectured. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's supposed to be a study, you know, and so you're leading it. But you know, also allowing other people to get involved, you know, and to um, to ask the questions or to say, you know, I I I took it to mean this, and then perhaps um, maybe they read it incorrectly, or maybe you read it incorrectly. You know, it it um it really helps make the the class more enjoyable and makes me. Uh, get my behind up early on a Monday morning when I don't um <laughs> <laughs> a lot of times it's like 
I'd be just waking up, like, right before I called in, like, who made it? Um, so, like, when you be asking, like, how I'm doing this morning, I'd be like, I'm awake. I'd be meaning that. <laughs> I feel you. <laughs> I don't trust. I've, a couple of times, I'm like, okay, you know what? I was like, I'm going to let my son out, and I'm going to let it back down. I'm like, nope, today is Monday. All right. Mm-hmm. You know? And even even getting on the call the rest of the week, I'm like, okay, let me, I put it on you. I'm not gonna say nothing. I'm just gonna listen, you know, and just and just sit in the background, you know. Just it's it's a it's a it's a yeah. And I appreciate that because I'm like sometimes I, I I you know I don't wanna. This is uh, like I told the the guys yesterday at church. I'm like I like it where I learn I learn more through discussion that I do through someone just talking to me because mm-hmm. I like I like somebody pointing out what I what I didn't see, you know, and 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 just the back and forth. It's like I, you know, that, that scripture that says, Come, let us reason together. We we have to there's so much more like even Sam says like when he when he was speaking yesterday, he was like, There's so much meat it can be found in one verse or one story of the Bible. And it's just like if you break it down, you have all these different scenarios and, and circumstances that can be associated with just one story, you know. Mm-hmm. And so just it's just awesome. You guys are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I got a short attention span, so if you if all it is is I got to sit and listen to you talk and there's no interaction – I'm going to sleep. Yeah, yeah, that's about right. <laughs> that's about right. I'm agreeing wholeheartedly. Yep, that's about right. <laughs> yeah, anytime, anytime. But um, <laughs> it is ten o'clock, ten o five. Um, was there any um? Anything else anyone else wanted to share? Any other requests for prayer? Oh, what? Go on twice. Okay. Um, is Miss Erica still on the line? I am. Would you mind closing us out, Miss Ma'am? Oh, nah, I don't mind. I don't mind. Thank you. <laughs> oh, thank you, God. Gracious God, our Father, we extend our hands to you. We open our hearts to you. We open our minds and our spirits, Lord. Thanking you yet for another day to be able to bask in your glory, to be able to discuss your word and fellowship one with another. Lord, I pray that as we end this particular session or call with you, that as we go in our separate directions, that you continue to be with us. We ask for traveling grace and mercy to our various destinations. We ask, Lord, that you continue to cover and protect our households, our family members. We thank you for, again, for this opportunity that we may be um, growing stronger, wiser, and more knowledgeable about you, your word, 
your purpose for uh, for our lives and our destinies. We ask that you continue to allow us to bask in your grace and your mercy. And it's in your son Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. 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 All right, everybody have a blessed day. I'll hear you guys. All right. everyone. Did you say you you hear us in the morning? Does that mean you're going to be a little asleep? Uh, Huh? You said you would hear us in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) You weren't supposed to catch that. (laughs) I'm I'm just checking. <laughs> see, thank you, Pam. <laughs> you know, well, see, I'm a listener. I'm a listener. I process way too much. I said, oh, okay. She's going to listen to us in the morning. She's going to hear us. <laughs> Amen. Have a great day. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Well, you all have a great day. Let me come and give me some more coffee.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.